Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. When it comes to eating well, sometimes it feels like it's a guessing game. Even if something looks good for me, the label is usually full of mystery ingredients. Who's got time for that? Not me. That's why I love Daily Harvest. They say no to weird ingredients, fillers, seed oils, added sugars, and even gluten if that's something you avoid. So all I have to do is say yes to delicious, easy-to-prep options that never leave me wondering what's really in my food. They deliver delicious options such as smoothies, harvest bowls, soups, and my new favorite, their bites that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. Thanks to Daily Harvest, I always have something convenient in my freezer, especially on a really busy day. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 381 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Allison Bishop. Allison lives in Roanoke, Virginia, where she is a homeschooling mom of four and a prior teacher herself. Welcome, Allison. Hello. Wonderful to be here today. It's so nice to talk to you. Did you teach elementary school? I did. Yes. yes. That's such so. a nice 
a nice age to teach. It was great. I taught fifth grade for one year and then first grade for two before having my daughter. Our well, first. that was good. You got a good range of, you know, because first graders and fifth graders are super different. Yes, I definitely <laughs> loved the first grade age. I would have taken kindergarten in a heartbeat if there was an opening there. I loved, oh, I loved the little ones. I'm super scared of kindergartners. <laughs> I always have been because they are just real. I think people are either a kindergarten teacher or they're not. Yes, it's true. It's really true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yes. So I have, like most people on here, a bit of a backstory. So we'll start kind of at the beginning. I grew up in a very health and fitness oriented family. So my dad was military, retired when he was 40 and I was seven and kind of started a second career and owned a fitness center. So he was super fitness and health oriented. He ran marathons, he did bodybuilding, and then my mom was a cardiac nurse. So she was definitely very health focused. And all of the conventional wisdom when I was growing up was the low fat. Right craze, right? So that is kind of the age that I grew up in. And we definitely had low fat food in our home. And like, you know, that I can't believe it's not butter spray. (laughs) That's such gross food. (laughs) Fat free, salt free, saltine crackers, you know. And so when we had something that felt like a treat, in the house, it disappeared pretty quickly because we were all kind of looking for that treat. And my parents were doing what they thought was best for us, right? It's not a reflection on them by any means. They were doing what they thought was best for us, but that is the age that I grew up in. And also just body focused. So I was athletic growing up. I did cheerleading and played basketball and played tennis and did softball. And in high school, I would run every day before school. I just was athletic and had a more athletic build. And I matured sooner than a lot of the other girls. So when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I looked much more like an older teenager than an 11-year-old. And I really wanted to be one of the tall, thin girls, yeah, and that that's just not how your body was made, right? No, I am all of 5'2 and tend to carry my weight in the bottom half of my body. And at that point, even when I was in great shape, I just had more muscular legs and rear end. And that's just how I'm built. But I, from a young age, just felt like I wanted the ideal shape looked different than what I was. And you know. did you have sisters? I do. I have a younger sister. So she's seven years younger than I am. And she and my mom are built probably more similarly, and they're both teeny tiny. See, I wondered about that. The reason I asked is because I just spent the weekend, we had a bridal shower for my niece that's getting married. And I have a bunch of nieces, but two of them are sisters, same mom, same dad. It's a a very blended family, but one of them takes after my brother's side or our side, right? And the other one takes after her mama. And the older one is itty bitty, tiny gymnast. She's got the gymnast body and limber. And the one who's 11, that's made me think about that, the 11-year-old 
is taller, more physically mature than her older sister. And my niece and I had to talk about that because she's doing martial arts. And I was like, that is so good for you. And I talked about how I didn't have a ballerina body. And I just tried to reinforce that we have a different body and it's okay. Everyone is built the way they're built. You're trying to get that message to them young. So I wondered about that because if you feel like the oddball, like we want my 11-year-old niece to grow up appreciating her strong, differently shaped body. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so my sister was younger than I was, so there wasn't competition. And my mom and sister are both muscular as well. They just mm -hmm. are smaller. And right. I definitely am built more like my dad and his side of the family. But even then, even when I felt like I was bigger than I wanted to be, I was like a size four. Of course, you look back on it and think, oh my goodness, if I had appreciated my body then, if I had that body now, I would be feeling really great. But you might be comparing <laughs> yourself to your tiny friend who's a double zero, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. It really is. It yeah. really is. But yeah, so then when I graduated high school, I was like a size four. I like to hear for reference, everyone's weight is different. You know, when we look at the pounds, people wear their weight differently. But it is helpful for me when I'm listening to the podcast to hear numbers. I like that. So I'm happy to give those. So when I graduated high school, I was somewhere between 128, 135 pounds. And in that range, I was a size four, mm -hmm. which I feel like is a small size for that weight, probably, especially being 5'2". And being muscular, that has a lot to do with it because what our pounds are composed of makes such a difference. If you are very lean and muscular, you can have a higher weight on the scale, but be smaller. Yes, which is why BMI is not the best indicator exactly. of health. Right. <laughs> but yeah, and I graduated high school at 16. So I was young, graduating. I started college, and college was really demanding. I took on a full load right away. I started as a biochem major. After one semester of that, I realized that was not the way no. I was going to be heading. <laughs> Were you thinking like maybe like following your mom? footsteps because she was the cardiac nurse. I always loved children. I babysat all the way through high school. I was thinking pediatric dentistry ah, actually was okay. kind of the route I was going. And then I realized the sciences, while I love science, biology and chemistry at the college level was not what I loved. So. I get that. I watched, like Chad was just great in organic chemistry labs before I came over here this morning to talk to you. Oh and I'm like, goodness. oh, I know. I don't like the look of that at all. So. Yeah. No, was not my thing. So I no. switched gears to English major education concentration. And that was wonderful. I loved that. But it's still the time it required of studying and reading and a lot of sedentary time. Right. And then also I would snack while I was studying to keep myself awake or to just have something else to do, something else enjoyable to do while you're studying. And so I wasn't doing all the sports mm -hmm. that I did in high school and snacking more. And then also I moved out into my own apartment. And so then I was eating 
whatever I wanted to eat. Right. After being at home with a mom and a dad who had a really firm grip on what was in the house, now suddenly Allison's in charge. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So there was definitely overeating and warm milkshake coffee. I love that you call it that because that's absolutely what it was. I was drinking plenty of coffee and always with the flavored sweetened creamer. And so in college, I gained... Probably, I think I just avoided the scale, but I probably gained up into the 170 range in my first couple years of college. So from that point, I had been wanting to lose weight. So from over 20 years from then to now that I was unhappy with my weight, not feeling good about it and wanting to lose weight. And I did like many of the people on your podcast and you yourself, that I tried all sorts of things. So I tried Atkins in college. I did the Body for Life. Do you remember that one? I can't remember. What was their premise? What did you do? It was low fat. You did six meals a day. It was basically you could have a fist size amount of carbs and protein with every meal. Tried that and it was intense working out. With that also. I did Slim Fast at some point. I read the Biggest Loser book once the Biggest Loser came out. I had that book as well. <laughs> yes. There was one that was Lose Weight with Dr. Art Ulean. I remember his name. What well, maybe yes. was he on Oprah sometimes? I probably. It was the Today Show. Today show. Okay. I knew he was something from TV. Yeah. What was his premise? What did he want you to do? His was like some behavior modification. It was still low fat, low calorie and plus behavior modification. And none of those things worked for me. And I am a rule follower. Like my personality is just that if there are rules, I like to follow them. I'm a perfectionist and So it wasn't that I wasn't following the rules to the best of my ability. I would follow them. Then it was just not sustainable. That's it. That's it. For me. This is true for me. I have, you know, over the years, you know, I've tried every diet there was. Now, I did lose weight. The only time I ever lost weight changing what I ate was the low fat craze that you're talking about. I did lose weight, but it wasn't sustainable. And it was also miserable. And all that, like, I can't believe it's not butter. No good. Yes. And then you want to eat more when you're eating something that you feel like you shouldn't be eating. That's off limits. Yes, because I'm not going to get to eat this again for a while. So my husband and I are high school sweethearts. So we had been dating in high school. We started dating when I was 15 and he was 16. And then through college and we got engaged my junior year of college. So I was 19. And then you really feel the pressure, right, to lose the weight. So after that, then I was working with a personal trainer, actually, through my dad's fitness center, doing the six meals, focusing on protein, low fat, working with a trainer. And I lost down, I was in the 170s somewhere, lost down to 166 for our wedding. And so I still, obviously, I had wanted to lose more, but that's where I was. So that is the lowest that I had gotten in my adult life was that 166 number. That's where I was when we got married. We had my first, that was 2007. So we were married in 2004 and then had her in 2007. And 
after that, oh, so I'll back up just a little bit. So between that 2004, 2007, I'm still wanting to lose weight. Right. And I actually had a couple of miscarriages before we had her. I'm sorry. That is so hard. Thank you. It was definitely hard, but I feel like the Lord used it in our lives because it just made us different parents. It gave us perspective, and we are so grateful for our children. So it was a hard season, but on this side of it, and it I can relate to some to very people. important lessons. Yeah, absolutely. It gave us great perspective and a lot of gratitude for our kids now. But so during that season, I was still trying to lose weight. I did kind of Weight Watchers. It was basically Weight Watchers, a friend from work and I were doing it together. We were counting calories, the hundred calorie packs, uh, yeah. you know, those just made me so much hungrier. Me Didn't too. They do that for you. Yes. And you I open it like up and 10 of them and yes. that's still not enough. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You open it up and there's like seven crackers or, you know, whatever it is in there. You think this is not going to help me. But we would weigh in like once a week before school. We did that. No real change. Then I had my daughter. And after I had her, I have friend and I did for real Weight Watchers and went to that together. Still, I mean, I would lose a few pounds maybe. And so... Then from 2006, basically, to 2013, I was pregnant or nursing that entire time straight. With babies and children and toddlers. Yes. And so (laughs) in some ways, that felt like freedom. Yeah. Because I wasn't so focused on what I was eating. I wasn't calorie counting. I was just pregnant and nursing babies, but I never lost so I gained some pregnancy weight, and I, I never really lost all of it in between. Are you tired of feeling tired? Are you someone who hits snooze and then slams your head straight back on the pillow? Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you sleep more peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium. So if you want to feel more energized and get the best night's sleep you've had in forever, check out bioptimizers.com slash ifstories. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code ifstories10, you can get free gifts with your purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough and who does not love something free act fast this is a limited time offer go now to buyoptimizers.com slash if stories and don't forget to use the promo code if stories 10 you'll be amazed at how much better you feel by taking magnesium breakthrough your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. But it was nice. You just were like, you didn't focus on it. I know what you mean by it felt like freedom because you gave yourself permission to not be going through this phase with your babies and your pregnancies and your nursing and also beating your body up mentally. That's beautiful because you could do it. You could have decided you were going to feel awful the whole time and instead you didn't. Yes, I agree. So for that season, I just was eating what I was eating and I had lots of little ones drinking probably too much coffee 
still with lots of creamer, flavored creamer. But so I had, there's two and a half years between my first two and then 14 months between my boys and then 16 months between my youngest son and oh my, my youngest daughter. So we had our first and then our last three were in two years, essentially a little less than two and a half years. I had three babies. So that was busy and full days, but so wonderful. I loved the little years. And so after that, then I remember when I went into the hospital with my last that I was 213 pounds and I was horrified that there was a two in front of my weight. And I didn't want my husband to see it when they're entering all of the information to the intake. I'm like, can you just cover your ears? While, while that, I like what you might have heard me say this before. I was in the, the hospital bed. Chad was over in the room and the nurse came on the intercom and said, <gasps> how much do you weigh? No. And I, I think it was like 189. I, I can't remember something like that. But I was like, do I have to say it out loud? Oh, no. It's like, can I whisper it to you? Come on in. I'll yes. I'll write it on a sticky note. <laughs> now, the and, first pregnancy, the bed weighed you. The bed weighed you. So you didn't have to talk about oh. it. The hospital bed just weighed you. That's That's what better. they should all do. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I saw that 200 number and thought, oh, my goodness. But then after being done nursing her, I was still 210 pounds. And I thought, okay, we need to do something here. Like I can't do this. And kind of at the same time, my then two and a half year old, just before he turned two, was diagnosed with a severe peanut and tree nut allergy. Oh gosh. It's wild. He's very, very allergic. And so that was a pretty life-changing thing, but it led me into some food research. So I think the best teachers are also the best students we're wired that way to learn and to continue learning. And so I started doing some food research and really made my way into real food. Yeah. And finding out more about real food. And so we made some pretty significant changes. Not even at that point, of course, I wanted to lose weight, but it was really about the nutrition and making sure things were safe for my son. And so we made a switch to real food and I did lose some weight. I lost down probably around 10 pounds just because there were a lot of ultra processed foods that we were no longer eating. And then at some point after that, I ended up doing a Whole30. Mm -hmm. So the Whole30 actually was really wonderful for me for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it made me drink black coffee. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that was a great change. And that is actually what kept me from doing a Whole30 before I did, because I just always thought, there's no way I'm drinking my coffee black. I'm not doing it. And I had a friend that was doing it, and she drank soda and sweet tea and I thought, if she can do it, if she can give up her soda and sweet tea for 30 days, I can give up my, we my can creamy coffee. Anything for 30 days, right? We <laughs> yes. can give up any of those things. We can do it. Yes, yeah. I can do it. So I did, and I rule follower, right? I followed the rules. I did the whole 30. I did not weigh myself for the 30 days. And I lost 11 pounds. I was thrilled. So somewhere like in the 190 range. And I found out, I did the reintroduction protocol just the way they said, and I found out that I actually have 
a gluten allergy. Oh. It makes me feel quite sick. Stomach issues, but also joint pain. And I've not been tested for celiac. We have a friend who's a physician who says, you're probably celiac. So since then, that was about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe That's a such an important part of the story. A part, uh, an important part of Whole30 is a lot of people think it's just like you do Whole30 and then you just eat like that forever. But that's not what it's designed to do. It's designed like you did it. It's an elimination protocol. You're reintroducing things. And that is how you figure it out. And you're like, oh, gluten gives me pain, upsets my stomach, probably celiac. Yes. And now you know. Yes, absolutely. And I felt so good on Whole30 probably in large part because I came off gluten and then that my inflammation came down. And so I felt really good. And I kept up what I called just kind of mostly Whole30 because Real I felt food. great doing it. Yeah. Real food. Yes. And I allowed myself to have different things on occasion, but it, they really were special occasions. And so I continued to lose and I actually lost down to my 166 pounds that I was when we got married, which was amazing. That was great. But I still wanted to keep going, you know. Would you say that you were eating kind of like a mostly paleo-ish kind of a way at that point? Yeah. Yes. The things that I added back in, I added some grains. Like I added brown rice and oats back in and some dairy, but less dairy. And then the natural, like I used maple syrup as sweetener. So that was Real food. It was real food and not the processed version. Yeah. Exactly. So that was great. And I hit that 166, but I still really wanted to keep going. And at that point, it just did not matter what I was doing. It was not coming off. So my mom had a friend that had done keto very successfully. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this. Not a great idea. Not for your body. No, I was miserable. I gained weight. And part of keto, when you can't have nuts, so I couldn't have any nuts. I actually can't have avocado. So I know that's a sad one. I'm sad for you. I know. I love it. It just doesn't love me back. So that was really hard. And I was eating a lot of dairy. Yeah. Because that's how I was getting my fat in. Right. And I was really trying to follow the rules of having enough fat. And it just did not work for my body. So that I I gained like 10 pounds back with keto. And then COVID hit. Ah. And then we were home and I was baking more. And so I gained about 10 more pounds in that time period. And I did another Whole30 because I thought I just need to get back on track. I know that that's helpful. And I lost like four pounds doing the Whole30. And I thought this was so much work. And it was at that point that I looked around me and thought, I am not eating anything different than what my family is eating. I'm feeding them every meal every day. I'm eating the same thing. I'm not overeating. I'm not hiding in the pantry eating chocolate and chips. I'm not drinking sweetened drinks. I'm not doing any of these things. Something is broken right. in me. Like That's something, how it feels, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like something is not right. And no one else, none of my family is struggling with weight issues and we're eating all the same things. So what is wrong with me? So that's when I started to do some research just on hormones and insulin resistance and estrogen dominance. And that is what led me 
to intermittent fasting. Awesome. So that is a long backstory to get there. (laughs) But all of that is what brought me to intermittent fasting. And I actually stumbled upon Jason Fung first Mm -hmm. and the obesity code. Yep. I read that and I started immediately. So I was like, I'm doing this. It really all makes sense that it's a hormonal issue that if when things are not right with our hormones, yes, things don't work right metabolically. And you talked about both insulin and estrogen, and those are both huge estrogen dominance. Weight gain. I was. I saw something. One of my. It might have been Tabitha Barber. It was somebody that is a friend of mine who's OBGYN. I can't remember if it was her. Talked about estrogen dominance. And your period, if it's really, really heavy, like, did you have really, really heavy periods during that time? Yeah. Like, I think I was probably estrogen dominant when I was having so much weight struggle because a huge, sorry, guys, (laughs) sorry, men, but (laughs) I was like, well, there was that red flag, but no one, I'd never heard those words. I didn't know. Me either. And it's interesting because after my miscarriages, they ended up putting me on progesterone. Mm Mm-hmm. For my pregnancies. Okay. And so low progesterone can also be a sign of estrogen yeah. dominance, that things are out of whack. And they I'd need never, to be in balance. Right. Yeah. And I'd never made the connection until I started looking at insulin resistance, estrogen dominance, and then realized, oh, all of the puzzle pieces were starting to come together. So yeah, so I started fasting right away. I thought, I can do this. I can not eat from 7 p.m. until 11 a.m. I was never a breakfast eater. The hardest part of following the rules for Whole30 for me was eating breakfast. Right. Because you're supposed to eat within an hour of waking up. And I thought, this is miserable. I am just forcing it in. I don't want to eat. That was the hardest part. And so I thought, this is great. I don't have to eat breakfast and I can eat what I want to eat. And then just fast from 7 p.m. until 11, I can do this. So I started right away. But I was not clean fasting. I love Jason Fung. Everybody knows that I love Jason Fung. The obesity code taught me a lot. But man, I wish he made everybody fast clean. Me too. Me too. That is the one (laughs) thing with starting with obesity code. I would say it's a good read, but that is not where I would start. I would start with fast feast repeat. Well, the thing about it is it's funny because the obesity code taught me about the clean fast. And I do, I believe a hundred percent that if you've sat down one-on-one with Jason Fung, he believes that it's better to fast clean, but he's coming from the perspective of if you're going to put a tablespoon of cream and that's the only thing that's stopping you, it's better to do that than to not do it at all. Whereas I just have a different opinion that it actually makes it harder and you're more likely to quit. You can do the black coffee. You can yes. do it. So. Yes. And so mine wasn't the black coffee. Mine was lemon in my water. Okay. And the flavored LaCroix. Yeah. Like the flavored seltzer water. And so I had no idea. And that was only about a month that I was doing that between when I read the obesity code, I started. And then fairly quickly after that, I read Delay, Don't Deny. So I came across you. I read that one first. And I just thought... This woman understands me. She's yeah. telling my story. And then quickly read Fast Feast Repeat after that. Good. And so I realized, and the interesting thing was when I was having those flavored fizzy waters, like that is what I would have to try to get me over the hump of that last hour or two or stretch my fast a little longer. And after having just a few sips, I would get this horrible wave of nausea. Yeah. 
That's your body. That's your insulin response. I mean, that is it. It is the insulin response. It is lowering your blood sugar and making you queasy. And there's the cephalic phase insulin response in action. Yes. And it was true. I mean, nausea to the point where I would have to like put my head down on the counter and think I might be sick. So for sure I could tell a difference. And then once I stopped that, I didn't have any more. Yep. I've actually experienced that. I think I may have told this story before on the on the podcast. We, Will and I were going to eat. We were at this restaurant. We had already placed our order for our food, and I got club soda with lime. My window was opening, but I hadn't eaten yet. So I start drinking my club soda with lime. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to eat right now or I'm going to die. Just that little bit of lime. It's yeah. really true. It's it really is. true. And yeah. so for people who think, oh, just a little bit of lemon, or I'll just have a piece of gum, or it really does make it so much harder. And the clean fast is so important. You didn't do the flavored waters for long, though. You how long? I didn't. How long like, before you were fasting clean? Probably a month. Okay, probably good. Probably a month in that I started fasting clean. And I did 16-8 for a little while. So I started fasting August 31st, 2021. Okay. And just made that 11 to 7 was my Mm -hmm. eating window, and I usually just had two meals Mm -hmm. in there. I would have lunch and dinner. We're not big snackers in our family anyway, so that was a pretty easy transition. And like I said, not eating breakfast felt like freedom. So (laughs) I felt like I didn't have to. That was great. And then it wasn't until 2022 I went back and looked at some of my stats that I started using an app to track my fasts, which was really helpful. I love having the data. And I was weighing and doing the weekly average like you had suggested. Hooray! Yes, that was a game changer. (laughs) It is a game changer. Can I take a minute just to talk about that for a second? Yes, please. It really makes such a difference. You know, I love my community and I love interacting with people who are fasting and helping guide them through it. But so often, like every day, someone will say, I'm stuck. I'm stalled. I'm not. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about how you're determining that. And they are not weighing daily and calculating their weekly average. And then they start doing it. And then they're like, oh, my trend is actually going down. But the fluctuations hide it. So it really is a game changer to weigh daily and calculate your weekly average. And there's also the app Happy Scale. Do you do it yourself or do you use Happy Scale? I did it myself. My husband is a CPA, and so he made me a spreadsheet. Awesome. (laughs) I just recorded every day my weight, the weekly average, and so then I had that column of the weekly average at the end where I could see it going down. I think that's actually, I recommended Happy Skill. I love the guy who created it, Russ Shanahan. It's a great app. But the way that it calculates your trend every day Even that is too much fluctuation for people because I realized the other day somebody was upset because their happy scale fluctuation trend, the trend was fluctuating. They're like, well, now my trend is only 0.3, but yesterday it was point something higher. And so I really think that doing it more old school versus the app, the way you did it with, I'd wrote it down by hand, you did it in the spreadsheet, but having one weekly average instead of always looking at your moving trend every single day is a strategy. So if somebody's using Happy Scale and it's working great for you, keep doing it. It's a great app. But if the moving trend is even messing with your mind, then do it more old school. Yes, it was helpful for me to do it that way. And my weight, knowing when you weigh yourself every day that there is going to be some fluctuation. And my trend was a very up and down on the downward trend is how my weight loss happened. And so between 
August 31st and then May 31st. So nine months of fasting. I got back down to that 166. Awesome. (laughs) Spot. And so that was like a 23 pound weight loss. I think when I started fasting, I was 189 pounds. That's when I just thought I cannot see that 190 number again, right? Like I just can't. So I started at 189 and then lost to 166 in nine months. So my weight loss was not super fast. It was slow and steady and daily ups and downs, but on the downward trend. And then between May and July, I lost 11 pounds. It was like this whoosh of weight loss. The only thing I really did differently is that I aimed for two to three full down days a month. Okay. So when I did those full down days and I tried some 500 calories, I can go either way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is just easier to do the full fast. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to count anything. It's just easier not to eat. Those are the nights when I make my family something I just don't care about eating (laughs) as much. And they're good with it. And so I lost 11 pounds, which put me at 155 pounds, which I had not been since college. I mean, that was like pre-wedding weight amazing. And I saw 152 pounds one time. That was a year ago. And so for the last year, I have really stayed in this 155, give or take two or three pounds either direction. That's where I have stayed. And I would like to, I would really, really love to see the 140s. It is one of the things that I'm like, I feel great. If I never lose another pound, I will be fasting forever and ever because I just feel so good. But I would really love to see that. So I'm the wonderful thing is now I'm in the stage where I really can just tweak it and I don't feel pressure. I know that what I'm doing never before have I maintained my weight That's in that huge. tight of a range. Huge, yeah. huge. I mean, two or three pounds either direction. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's what maintenance looks like. Maintenance looks like a range within which you fluctuate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But even within that, so I lost down to the 155, 152 to 155 range. But even after that, some body recomposition was happening. For sure, because there was a period of time in there where multiple people asked me, have you lost more weight? And I said, no, actually, I haven't. I'm just kind of maintaining, but my body changed and I looked different. So I am, for the first time in my adult life, in a single-digit clothing, I am wearing a size 8. And it's so funny when you go to get clothes and you hold it up and think, that is not going to fit me. It's going to be too small. And then you try it on and think, Oh my goodness, it it does fit me. I, I, even, I even still have that feeling. Like these jeans are not going to fit. Thank goodness for a little stretch. That doesn't hurt either. But. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but it does uh, feel so good to go shopping and fit into the clothes. It does. It does. And a new, a new wardrobe. I did get all new clothes. So when I started, I was squeezing into my size 12. And have dropped to a size eight and I'm wearing some small even tops and and mediums. And that's been amazing. Really, I just had really given up pre-fasting. It was just at a point where I thought something is broken with me and I'm just going to have to come to terms with the fact that my body is not going to look and not going to feel the way that I want it to feel. And I actually didn't realize how bad I felt 
until I didn't feel bad anymore. I get that. Yes. And so fasting has given me this energy that I just didn't even know was missing. My capacity to do things, to get things done, my productivity has just skyrocketed, which is wonderful. I started walking, not because I felt like I should be walking, but because I had all this energy that I was probably driving my family nuts. <laughs> so I thought, I'm, I'm going to need to start walking some of this energy off. And so I started a plan. I needed an excuse-proof plan. So I just walk laps on my street. So that if someone in my house needs me, one of my kids needs me, they can just like go to the end of the driveway and look one way or the other. And there you are. I'll be one of the two directions. <laughs> yeah. I laugh though. I'm like, if my neighbors have ring doorbells, I'm just setting them off over and over, That's right? So up funny. and down the street as I do Why my Why is Allison walking? <laughs> is she casing our home? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? But that has worked well and I feel great. I've started doing just some free weights. Because I like to, not because I feel like I have to, but I feel good. And that's the type of exercise that I like to do. And that has been really great. I love it. And as you know, you're 40, so you're still yes. very young. Well, that's kind. <laughs> Thank you. I Well, wait till your, your number starts with a five. <laughs> then you'll think 50s actually even sounds young. And then I'm like, right. well, somebody was like 72. I'm like, you're still young. <laughs> yes. yes. Anyway. It just, the older you get, the younger the previous ages seem. Yes. So, yeah, I, at 40 though, 30 was a harder age for me. Like turning 30, I had had all my babies. We were kind of out of that season. I thought this is going to be, this is a different season in my life. So there was a little sadness over the season that was ending. 40, I feel better than I did yeah. at 20. And so 40 was a great a great birthday. I was not sad about it Good. at all. Well, I felt better at 50 than I did at 40. So there, there you go. Wow. That's great. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just keep going and I think I'll say the will. same about 50. <laughs> but what I was going to say, and I didn't say, but as we get older from 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, we really want to build that muscle. And fasting does help increase human growth hormone. Fasting gives us a little edge up, but it isn't going to build the muscle without you doing something. Like if you just are doing intermittent fasting and sitting in your chair, you're not going to build muscle. Exactly. <laughs> we got to yes. do something. We right? can't just wish for it. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't just eat more protein and sit in your chair. Right. <laughs> you got to you know, have, have enough protein and walk and do the weights and jump on your rebounder or whatever it is you do. You know. Yes. But fasting, I feel like gives you the best possibility for I success so too. Yeah. in that area. And I really enjoy doing my walks and my exercise fasted. I wait until after I have done any type of workout and then eat. I just feel better that way. So, so you mentioned that you had been, you know, when you first started and for the first bit of time, 11 to seven was pretty much your window. What does your window look like these days? Yes. Yeah, so I fairly quickly transitioned. So I probably did that 11 to seven window until about that May date that I was talking about. So like for nine months, I was doing somewhere between a 16 and 18 hour window. And then it just after you get past the 19 hour mark, I feel like everything after that kind of feels the same, which sounds funny to say, because when you start out or when I would listen to the podcast early on and someone's like, oh, I fast 23 hours or I do alternate daily fasting. And I thought, never. Thanks anyway, but I'll just stick to my 16, 8. 
once I got over that 19 hour mark, it made a difference. That's where I saw the 11 pounds in three months. So at that point I was really doing kind of one meal a day. Okay. Yep. It does sound crazy when people are starting out. And since your episode is coming out, you know, it's the end of end of January. I'm sure we have lots of new intermittent fasters. And when you start, you're hungry, you may be at hour 16. And then if you're always doing 16, eight, you're just like really hungry. And then you eat and you don't realize that you're like riding the edge of that being fat adapted. And it's just pushing through that. You don't just keep getting hungrier, hungrier, hungrier. Like you said, once you get to 19, it doesn't get worse and worse and worse. That's where it's the smoothest sailing. Yes, yes. And I love when you said hunger is not an emergency. And that was so helpful for me, just thinking about this isn't an emergency. Distraction became a great tool for me. My drawers got cleaned out. My closets got cleaned out. You know, just pushing myself beyond when I felt like I need to eat. And really for me, eating when I feel like, I am so hungry. That is not the best time for me to eat. If I can even wait 30 minutes, kind of the height of the hunger wave passes, and then I can make a better decision about what I'm going to fuel my body with. It doesn't feel as urgent, and I don't feel like I need to overeat in the same way if I can ride that wave a little bit. And actually, I decide when I'm going to eat, not because I'm feeling starving. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know, after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. When you choose Organic Valley... Not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's O-V dot C-O-O-P. That's a really good strategy. You know, I, I know exactly what you mean, though. I think we've all been there. We're like, I'm hungry right now. And then you're like diving into everything. Whereas if yes. you're like, no, I'm just going to pause for a minute, let my body, I'm going to ride the wave. Yes. And then I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to plan for a, a nutritious way to open my window. Yes. That's a really good idea. It was helpful to do it that way. And now that just comes naturally. And in the beginning, when I would hear people say, oh, I listen to my body, I thought, how do you do that? What do you mean? There are different kinds of hunger. I only know one kind of hunger. And you really do learn there is a different kind. There certainly have been times, not too many, but some times where I just thought, no, I actually, I need to open my window early and eat. And I did. And it's you fine. You can tell. Yes. Once you learn, yes. you can't tell. If you're ever shaky, nauseous, sick, Yes. Eat. The, like like when you talked about before, when you would drink that lemon water and suddenly feel terrible. That's the sign you might need to go ahead and eat. Yes. <laughs> right. 
And so one of the things I did for my 40th birthday, this is funny, a good friend gave me a continuous glucose monitor. Okay. And so that was one of the gifts I was most excited about. And so I did the continuous glucose monitor and was amazed because I really wish that I had my numbers from before. Right. Of course, before I was avoiding those things because I didn't want to know. But my numbers were really great. It was fun to see through my fast and then eating and different foods that I ate or even activity after eating made a huge difference. It really does. Taking a walk after dinner yes. is a huge strategy. Yes. Made a really big difference. So that was a fun experiment. I like to have have all the data and enjoyed seeing that and just seeing how what I'm eating during my eating window affect my insulin. But really the interesting thing was it didn't really matter what I ate. I think fasting has healed my body in such a way that even if I had something that was sweet and I do always have it after a meal, so I don't have like sweets removed from a meal. I have them with the meal. But even if I had it after a meal, my insulin response was really good. It Because your blood sugar doesn't go crazy. Yes. I did not have huge spikes. I mean, I would have a bell curve right. and it would come back down, but I didn't have spikes. So that was really encouraging to yep. see. I don't think that it would have been that way before. Oh, probably not. When For we were sure on not. That, when, when we were riding that blood sugar roller coaster, you know, before fasting, I'm certain I had the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs. And you're always feeding that crash, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I enjoyed seeing that. And now my window, what I have found is that I do really well if I can close my window earlier. Okay. So in the beginning, I was eating lunch and dinner with my family. And then when I was doing one meal a day, I moved to more having an appetizer as I was fixing dinner, still eating dinner with my family, still closing by seven. But what I'm finding is that if I can close my window before five o'clock, I feel my best. So that's one of the tweaks that I'm looking at making is just more consistently closing my window. And sometimes that means that I make myself a meal and I eat what I would like to eat at three o'clock in the afternoon between when I feed my family lunch and dinner. And that's okay. They're fine with it. I still sit with them for dinner. I have a cup of decaf coffee and sit with them for dinner and enjoy the time around the table, but I'm not having to eat with them another thing I thought would be impossible when I, well, when yeah, I started. I, I love that you found that. And it's funny that you say it. My sister's name is Allison. Yes. <laughs> I just spent the weekend at her house, uh, as I said, and she's retired from her job recently and has started intermittent fasting consistently. And just like you, her best eating window is midday. She likes a midday eating window. And her husband also would like to maybe eat dinner too, but she's like, I'm just going to eat now and you can eat then. And it's figuring out the rhythm that you don't always have to eat because your family's eating. And it's like, you eat at the time that feels best to you. Now, a midday window is not my best eating window time. You know that about me. Right. But it really is when we say tweak it till it's easy. Yes. It really is your easy. It's true. And you have the freedom to do that. Because mm -hmm. you know the fasting is working. I love when right. you say fasting is always working. Yeah. Whether or not the scale is reflecting what you want it to reflect, the fasting is doing something it is. in you, something positive in you. And 
keeping that in mind and having that as the foundation has given me the freedom to experiment with other things. So seeing if higher protein maybe will be positive for me. If I'm increasing uh, resistance training, then increasing a little bit of protein, but I'm still not, there is nothing that feels urgent to me now. Like if, oh, I have to lose this weight right now. I don't, I'm at a place where if this is where I stay, then I can be content here, but I have the freedom to keep tweaking and see what's going to work best for my body. I've tried a little bit of ADF Mm -hmm. and that seems to move the trend down a little bit mentally. That's where that gets hard for me is just the mentally, even the day before my best down days are when I have just gotten so busy that it's 5 PM. And I think, I'm just going to have a down day. I haven't eaten yet. I'm just going to drink a cup of decaf coffee, a sparkling water, unflavored, of course, and just make it through until morning. That's fine. The harder ones are when I'm like planning, oh, I'm going to do ADF now, or I'm going to do a mealless Monday the day before. You're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to eat tomorrow. (laughs) You know, that makes it mentally, it's a little harder for me. So kind of the accidental down days are easier for me if I'm doing a true no eating. Like the full fast version. I think that's a great point because we can fall into the trap of wanting to plan everything, you know, like like people and I get it because I used to be exactly like this in my early (laughs) days of intermittent fasting. Like I would write down schedules, like ideal, like this is what I will do Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday I'll do this. And this will be my window. And I'm like planning all this out. And now I laugh at my earlier self because really it just happens. What happens happens. And One day you have a two-hour window, not because you planned it, but because that's how your day worked out. Right. And I think the variation actually is very helpful because it keeps your body guessing. I think it's harder for me when I got into the one meal a day in a condensed window at the same time every day, my body seems to get used to that. And so if I can vary it a little bit, and even times where you have more of an up day, And then your body naturally the next day sometimes will just feel like more of a down day. So I heard you say on one of the episodes fairly recently, like uppish and downish. Right. And that does seem to be helpful. Or on Sundays, sometimes I have a longer eating window and multiple meals. And then by Monday, I'm like, oh, I'm really just ready to be back to my usual one meal. You you just don't feel like you need it because you're still full from the day before. And you let it happen naturally. And then, of course, I use that wording and people want me to define it. I'm like, you can't (laughs) define it. (laughs) No, no. You know what up means. You know what down means. You know what ish means. Put them together. Yes. Yes. (laughs) If you're day is not down, but it's a little less. It's down-ish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And up-ish. And you know if it's past up-ish. If it's That's really true. up, you, you know. You, know. <laughs> you just, your body feedback does tell you. It does. And that's one of the greatest non-scale victories, I think, for me is that I can hear my body. I love that. And I couldn't before. And I really can now. And so not only do hearing when I'm really hungry, but it will tell me the things that I need to eat. So I definitely crave Brussels sprouts like so many people. And I eat broccoli, like a head of broccoli at a time roasted. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I crave fish and meat. It's really interesting. But then there are times where my body is like, I 
really need carbs. I love baked potatoes just like you do. My body loves baked potatoes. I love brown rice. So besides the things that make me feel terrible, there's really nothing that's off limits for me. I'm not going to eat gluten because that that makes you feel be, terrible. Yes, that that's, makes me sick. That falls into the food as medicine category. You're not avoiding it for diet reasons or diet brain. It, it literally makes you sick. Exactly. And so Why that's Will an, doesn't eat shellfish. It makes him sick. Your son that has the peanut allergy. Yes. Yes. Makes him sick. Yeah. So that is just a given no for me. But having the freedom to know I can eat what I would like to eat if I want to, and that my body will also tell me when I've had enough. There's not been another time in my life where I had a dessert that I didn't finish. And there definitely have been times, probably more often than not with fasting, that I'll have a dessert and I think this is the size piece that I want. And I put it on my plate and I get two thirds of the way full and hand it off to my husband because I'm done. And that felt miraculous the first time that happened that I could stop eating. Yes, absolutely. It really, really is. But you've probably watched your kids have that natural connection with their hunger and satiety signals. And, you know, when we watch kids that hadn't been ruined by us yet, (laughs) (laughs) when we watch them listen to their bodies, you're like, look at that. That's, it feels like a miracle. Yes, they do. And my husband's great about that too. He's never had weight struggles and he's fine to eat until he's satisfied and and not overeat or overindulge in that way. So, but now I understand how that can actually happen when you're listening to your body. We can fix our past inability to hear. Yes. So that has been an unbelievable reset. Um, Some of my other non-scale victories. So I definitely have the smooth elbows and heels now. That's really great. I have so much more energy. This one's funny. I have had to continue to move my seat up in my van. Right. Because there is less padding (laughs) pushing me forward. And so I... Even recently, I was like, I think I need to move the seat forward a little bit more and reset my setting on the on the van for where the seat moves to. So that has been kind of a funny and fun one. And then I just feel like my capacity to serve the people around me and love them well because I have the energy to do it That's has huge. been the best, the best non-scale victory that I people have noticed my weight loss and commented and I always share what I'm doing. I'm not shy about sharing it and sharing your book and saying you need to read Fast Feast Repeat. But the biggest thing that I say is I feel amazing. I feel like a different person. I cannot tell you the difference. And it has really been life-changing. Well, I love that. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I wish I knew about the clean fast right. from the very beginning. My first thing would be you must clean fast. So clean fasting, a very close second is read fast, feast, repeat the entire thing and reread it. I have probably read it three times because once you're into it, you just see different things. Yeah. And as a teacher, you get it. You know, they teach us about schema and all the what we understand. And you can't understand it until you have more of the pieces. Then you have right. the pieces and you're like, oh, now that makes more sense because yes. you've, you've lived it. Yeah. Yeah. The actual experience of it helps you understand even better. And then one of the things that I would say is eat what will nourish you first. 
And so when you open your window, think about delaying maybe that thing that you've been thinking about, whether it's potato chips or, you know, in the beginning, whatever the thing is that you're like, oh, I want to have that leftover brownie from yesterday or whatever it is. If you can wait and open your window with what will nourish you first and delay the treat, then your body will adjust. It really is true that your body wants to eat based on nourishment. So it's true. Yeah. You will eat until you feel nourished. So if you can front load your window with the things that will nourish you, I think that's really helpful. That's a great strategy. Thank you. It's been super helpful for me. And then the other thing is I heard someone say before, so this is a borrowed from someone else on your podcast that probably deserves credit, but with every other and fasting is not a diet. Fasting is absolutely a lifestyle. But with every other plan that I had tried, the longer that I tried to do it, the harder it got. And with fasting, the longer you practice it, as in the time, not the fasting time, but the longer that you practice fasting, the weeks and the months and the years, it just continues to get easier and easier and 100%. easier. 100%. That is, everybody who's new and can't believe that that's true we're telling you yes. it is true. You know, yes. I am going to be coming up to my 10-year fast anniversary. Wow. In August of 2024 and I just can't believe. The me from 2014 would not believe how much easier it has gotten. It's really true. So if you are just starting Stick with it and remember that it is working. Even if the scale is not reflecting exactly what you want, stick with it. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allison. It has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. 
Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.